On today's Insights, creating urgency with your messaging. We share a lesson from Instacart, and Brad interviews Matt with questions from Tribe of Mentors from Tim Ferriss. Today's episode is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Do you have too many job openings going unfilled? Is the solution to just spend more on job ads? Absolutely not. But to succeed in a market like we're facing right now, you need to take a different approach to job advertising. Forget post and pray, forget annual contracts. If you want to fill more of your open jobs, you need a centralized, data-driven, automated solution to managing your job spend. A solution that gives you more control and more flexibility. That's where we come in. With Haley Marketing's Job Advertising Management Services, we use programmatic software to automate your spending. So you save time, reduce wasted spend, and get more people applying to your jobs without having to spend more on advertising. For a free review of your job spend, contact us at 888-696-2900 or visit recruitmentmarketers.com. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights. Tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights. The podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we doing this week, buddy? We're doing great, Brad. Had a long weekend. Enjoyed the holiday, hot weather. How about you? Great weekend. Well into July. The year is flying by, Matt. What's funny is... On June 30th, I was having a client call. And I'm like, I was writing down a note on my legal pad. We take mm-hmm. handwritten notes sometimes. And I wrote down June 30th and I was like, oh my goodness, the year's half over. When did this happen? Not quite sure, but ah, we're here. We are. And it's, it's going really well. I mean, the weather is beautiful in Buffalo, mm-hmm. sunny, hot, incredibly hot, actually. Um, let me ask you this. How many rounds of golf you got under your belt now? Uh, 10 to 15 and we're playing well. Good number. Good we, number. Uh, we talked about in the beginning of the year, Matt wanted to become a better putter. Mm-hmm. And what he did was go buy a new putter and it worked. So... Maybe Lesson that's learned. what I need to do. Maybe that's my problem. Don't have to blame the carpenter. Carpenter, we can blame the tools. Absolutely. I like that a lot. Matt, let's get to the show. Let's go. Creating urgency with your messaging. Matt, we have staffing firms across the country that are talking to us on a pretty much day-to-day basis saying, hey, we can't get candidates to apply to these jobs. What should we do? Matt, for segment one, I want to talk about creating urgency. It's not enough to just throw a job on a job board right now or to have a blog post. We need to drive direct response from everything that we do with our marketing. Our marketing needs a purpose, needs a why. We need to make sure that we're not just doing things for the sake of doing it. How can we create better urgency with our job listings? And then Matt, maybe we'll talk about content too after that, but you spend a ton of time in looking at job descriptions, looking at job titles, looking at job data, how can we get people to apply and how can, can how can we create a sense of urgency right now? We've talked about this internally for a while. And I think you know, one of the ways we've talked about is if wages are higher, higher now, maybe create some urgency around they're not going to be this high forever. 
Maybe this is, you know, crazy emergency. It's it's the opposite of a sale mentality, right? 30% off this week only. $20 an hour for the warehouse jobs, you know, only for quarter three. To incentivize people, a higher paying job isn't going to last forever. It might, it might not. We don't know, but that's one way to create some urgency is around higher wage. You should also elevate any of your top clients and top jobs that you're trying to fill. Just like a sale in a grocery store, Matt, you show off the best product, you show off you know the reason to come into Best Buy on Black Friday, right? Why should you drive somebody into that store? What's the key product that you want people to know about? Let's do that with our jobs. Let's create urgency for the top opportunities that we're trying to fill and then have conversations with candidates, with applicants about other roles. Maybe they're not perfect for that job, but they are perfect for others. We can get them in the door, get them at least having conversations with us by talking about those top clients. And Matt, we can't, and and I know this is difficult for a lot of staffing and recruiting firms, and I know we're just the marketing guys talking theory here, but it's not enough just to say that you are working with a client in Buffalo, New York anymore. If you can share your client's logo, if you can share that name, if you can talk about the facility itself, you could talk about the role, you can be incredibly focused on what that organization is and who they are, it helps sell the job. You know, it adds so much value when somebody's applying to a role where they know they're actually going to be working. Matt, I was looking at a, a client's job board the other day. I was working with a, uh, a team member. I couldn't even see what jobs they were filling until after I had submitted like three to four pages of information. Then the job board basically unlocked. Oh, and I had to put in my social security number. Like that can't happen anymore. We cannot do that. There's no urgency in a candidate to go through all of those steps before they even know if you're filling marketing roles. Too much friction. Way, Way too, too much, much friction. Way too much. When we think about urgency, everything that we do right now with our messaging needs to be around why you should apply now. There are jobs available. Driving down your street, you don't even need to be in staffing and recruiting to know that. Everybody is hiring. Why? Should applicants and candidates work with you instead of somebody else? Create that urgency. Do you have the best available jobs? Is pay higher now than it will be at the end of the year? Is there a sign-on bonus? Is there some sort of referral bonus? Is there some sort of get started this week bonus? Matt, you've done some research into sign-on bonuses. What have you been seeing? They're becoming more prevalent on both sides of the aisle here with job seekers. It's not research I've done that, Brad. ZipRecruiter indeed are doing it, but we're using it to our advantage to help educate and inform. So you have the data from Indeed, from ZipRecruiter. What's it showing us? It's really interesting, Brad, because started with employers posting more jobs with hiring bonuses in the title. On ZipRecruiter, their CEO shared on LinkedIn the other day that in the last three months, job postings in the title, it had some type of hiring incentive that increased by 10x. So there are 10 times more jobs on ZipRecruiter with a hiring bonus in the job title than there were three months ago, April 1st, 2021. Burying the lead, right? If you have some sort of bonus, you're putting it right in the title, you're trying to spark attention, you're creating urgency. It's not just on ZipRecruiter, it's on Indeed. They said 4.1% of the jobs are mentioning some type of hiring incentive versus 1.8% of jobs a year ago. So July 2021 versus July 2020, 
that's a big increase as well. Almost one out of 25 jobs. So 4% of jobs are showing that. But then we go to the other side. Job seekers are getting smart. They're seeing this. And Indeed's data also is talking about when looking at job seeker searches in June versus January, the number of searches from job seekers on Indeed looking for hiring incentives is up 134%. What does that mean? So instead of Matt going to Indeed and typing in marketing jobs, Buffalo, New York, I'm typing in marketing jobs, hiring bonus, Buffalo, New York. That's what's up 134%. That's, that's a big number. It's up a ton. And it makes sense, right? If the candidate has the advantage now because there's so many opportunities, they're looking for better pay. They're looking for better options. They're looking for better perks. Put it in the title. Create urgency. Matt's saying it's working right now. What can you do though? How can you A-B test that? How can you try that for your staffing and recruiting firm? How can you try that for your organization? And what response will it have for you? It also goes back to one of the basic points that we always try to make here on Insights. We want to give the job seekers what they want or anyone, what they're searching for. If it's Google, if it's job boards. And if job seekers are now searching more often for hiring bonuses, hiring incentives in their searches, we really got to focus and think about if that's a smart play for companies to put in their title or in that first sentence or two of the job posting. Definitely in the first sentence to the job posting, but now start to test it in your job titles and see if warehouse worker $500 retention bonus or whatever your bonuses are, make that very easy to find. Full agree. Matt, before we end this segment, I just want to talk about urgency once more with messaging, with content, social posts. We now more than ever need to sell our why and not what we do. We need to sell why you should work with your staffing firm, why you have the best jobs, why you have the best team environment, why you have the best interests of your candidates and applicants in mind. We can't just sell the role. We can't just sell what the job is, the ingredients of the job, like we've talked about on Insights multiple times. We can't just do that. We need to sell the why and speak to applicants, speak to candidates, how they want to be talked to, what's in it for them. If there are hundreds of thousands of open roles right now, why should I, Brad, by the applicant, trust you with my career choice instead of somebody else? What's in it for me and why should I trust you? That's the urgency we're talking about. And why should I apply today instead of waiting until the fall? Hey, it's Brad checking in real quick before we get to the rest of the show. Why should you trust Haley Marketing for your staffing website, SEO? Nobody has as much staffing and recruiting SEO experience as our team. We'll help you get found more often and dramatically increase traffic to your website. We do the technical work and write the content. Our services start with the technical optimization of your website code and content on your website. We'll leverage multiple technologies to complete keyword research, then develop a specific strategy to optimize your site. Want to know more? Interested in getting started? Give our team a call at 888-696-2900. And hey, tell them Insights sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Matt, let's talk about Instacart. We've talked about Instacart on Insights a few times. I love it. If you're unfamiliar with Instacart, it's basically ordering your groceries through an app. Somebody shops for you. You go and pick them up. They put them in your trunk. Is just like that. Matt, I have two examples from Instacart, and they relate to email marketing that I love. 
And I think it's a really good lesson for the staffing and recruiting industry. I've used this example in my rockstar marketing talk the last couple months, and I was giving that talk this last week, and I want to share it on insights. On Instacart, you create your grocery list, somebody shops for you, you go and pick it up at your local grocery store. For us, it's Wegmans out of Buffalo. What I love, though, is next week when they start to assume that you're going to be out of those groceries, they shoot you an email. And in that email, there's a button that says, reorder your groceries. One click, I can repopulate my grocery list based on what I've purchased in the past, add that to a new cart. If I need to add to it, remove a couple of things I can. And just like that, I'm ordering what I've ordered in the past. I'm a creature of habit. I mean, my grocery list, my wife, our, our grocery list doesn't change that much. You know, Maybe we need a couple other things, but for the most part, it stays pretty consistent. Saves us a ton of time. Second email they sent me just this last week. We put in an order. Right afterwards, I got an email saying, hey, Brad, thanks for shopping with us. You've saved 41 hours not grocery shopping this year. Love that. Love knowing the data behind what I'm actually saving by not walking around Wegmans aimlessly for 40 hours of my life. On top of that, I probably saved a ton of money because I don't have any impulse buys. What does this mean for the staffing and recruiting industry? First off, I think it speaks to segmenting your data lists. I think it speaks to reactivating candidates and clients, and it speaks to having any sort of value that you bring to your audience very, very visible. Matt, we can take that anywhere you want, but I mean, maybe we start with that candidate database, client database. Talk to us about segmenting a database and why it's so critical instead of just sending the same message to everybody. If we're a... Staffing company, if we're a retail company, doesn't matter who, but let's stick in the industry here. If, if I'm a nursing candidate and maybe you're a full service staffing firm, we work with some that staff healthcare, office, manufacturing, maybe, or, you know, different areas. If the nursing candidate is receiving office jobs or manufacturing jobs, that doesn't apply to me. Not something I'm interested in for jobs. One, two, if you're sending out content, how does the blog post or any of that apply to me? If you're talking about um, warehouse, you know, tips for my warehouse resume or something about the most comfortable warehouse shoes, any of those different areas. And I think it erodes trust. It shows you really don't know what you're doing, have no plan, a content plan, a content distribution strategy, and you're just throwing darts at the board hoping it works. I think there's value in also segmenting a list based on when somebody's applied. Are they an active associate that you have on contract or out on assignment? Is it somebody that worked with you in the past that hasn't worked with you currently or isn't working with you currently? Is it somebody that applied in the last six months? Is it somebody that applied six years ago? Those groups of individuals need very specific messaging. Are you segmenting that? Matt, if we think through value proposition and showcasing what it is that our services do and how they help you, the consumer, the end client, the end applicant, whatever it might be. Instacart did it perfect. You know, that email of, Hey, Brad, we saved you 41 hours this year, not grocery shopping, super easy email for them to send me. But for me, it was like, wow, that's, that's a ton of time. I mean, 40 hours in a grocery store. I don't want to do that. You could do the same thing with your clients, with your prospects. On average, we save X hours or X days in the, the screening process, in the hiring process. Our time to fill is X. The industry average is Y. 
the the other industry average of individuals who try to do this their own organizations that do this without a staffing or recruiting firm is Z. Have that data and send that out to individuals. Matt, anything you want to touch on there? No, it's you summed it up really well. But the one thing that came to mind we've talked about before is this is automated personalization. I'm sure they know how many yep. times you went to you ordered Instacart. It might only yep. be an hour a week. Sure. Maybe Brett has 41 hours. Done. With staffing, it could be how many placements did you make for this company? Think about how many hours that saves, create a formula. There's automation out there that'll help with that. You can send out emails that show you save them 100 hours, 200 hours, maybe just eight hours if you had one placement, whatever the, the time frame is and leverage automation to your advantage, but also make it personalized. I love personalized automation. You know, Putting my name in a subject line, putting my name in an email, it's a, it's a custom field. It's pulling in a variable, but it feels so nice when you see that. Matt, the last thing I want to talk about is just reactivating individuals, right? So with Instacart, it's, hey, Brad, click to add your groceries back to your cart, right? Your, your common things that you continue to order. They know that, right? That's all automated, but it's personalized automation. We can do that with jobs. We have it on the Haley job board with job alerts. Individuals sign up for a certain industry, certain category. They start to see emails based on those jobs. Have that personalized automation with your job board, just like these consumer brands. Matt, to wrap it up here, really what we're looking at doing is using email, content, marketing to our advantage. We want to make sure that we're segmenting our messaging. We're using what Matt considered personalized automation to talk to our candidates, talk to our clients, talk to our prospects, talk to individuals in unique ways. We want to make sure that everything we're doing is calculated, and we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to stay top of mind with these individuals throughout the year. And when you think through stealing tactics and stealing ideas from consumer brands, from these other industries, Instacart's a great example. You know, Amazon, we talk about quite a bit. Be aware of what's around you. Be aware of what other people are doing, and let's find exciting ways to bring that to staffing and recruiting. Matt, let's talk about Tribe of Mentors, book by Tim Ferriss, where he asks individuals, I believe it's 11 questions. I'm not going to ask you all 11. Matt and I were talking in prep for the show, thinking through how could we add just a fun segment at the end of this. You know, it's the 4th of July week. We understand a lot of people are out of the office this week. So we want to add something here that isn't just marketing and uh, recruitment marketing tips. But Matt, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions from the book. I'm going to answer, answer a few myself. Um, let's start with this one. Put me the on the best- spot here. I am putting you on the spot. Just so everyone knows, Matt, I'm not even sure you know the questions. I don't think you've read the book. I have, not. Um, I have not sent him the list of questions. He doesn't know out of the 11, which two to three I'm going to pick here. So Matt, purchase of less than $100 that has most improved your life. I want to say my putter, but it was more than $100. So his putter's over. <laughs> putter, putter has drastically improved not only his golf game, but also his mentality the last two months. Hundred dollars. That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, do you have an answer? Hundred dollars that has improved my life. Um, truthfully, I would I would probably say the slight edge, which is a book. You've heard me talk about that quite a bit. That probably like twenty seven dollars. The the fundamental thought process of that book of just trying to get one percent better day after day has drastically improved my life since I've read that book. I should have prepared. This is terrible. Um, 
I didn't want you to prepare. I thought it made for a better segment. Maybe. I have a pair of sunglasses. That was nice. That's not, that's an awful answer. It's not a great answer, but I will tell you, we can stick with putter. It is a little over a hundred bucks. Maybe <laughs> yours is, is a lot over a hundred bucks. I can tell you mine was under a hundred dollars and that's probably why I can't putt. But Matt, how has a putter changed your life? Even if it is a putter. I mean, I probably put too much stock into my golf game, making me happy or not happy, which is sure. poor, but. Well, you're an athlete. I mean, you, you don't yeah. play competitive sports anymore, right? It's not like you're out there playing no. football or baseball. So golf is what you got. So I like the golf. You're new to the podcast, but just something where you put a lot of work into something. This is what was interesting to me with a new putter. Practice my putting a lot, but the equipment I was using was old. And it was very interesting how when I put a new, use a new piece of equipment, the work I was putting in was being translated over. Huh. It was just, if you're getting the putting, when you take that putter back and forth, the old putter was going crooked. It wasn't going straight. When I got the new one, straight back and forth. There's a metaphor for life there somewhere, Matt, but you know, what you're yeah. saying makes a ton of sense. You know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks and your putter What's it having it, buddy? Like our CEO, David Cern says, you can write a blog post about pretty much anything. I'm sure we could talk about using new technology in the industry that would help you become more efficient and all the hard work you're putting in. You're not wasting time on tasks that aren't leading to results. I like that a lot. I mean, I, I like the thought process behind, hey, I've been putting in the practice reps, right? It's not like you just bought a new putter without practicing. You were practicing with your old putter. You just stunk with the old technology. Now you have this new putter drastically improved your golf game, but also improved your mentality. What I love here that the listeners can't see because we record over zoom, Matt is frantically looking around his office right now. And I can see him like moving around very frantically trying to find something that's under a hundred dollars that has changed his life. Can't find anything. Jeez. Hey, is what it is. I think a putter is a good answer here. Let me ask you another one. What do you do when you feel unfocused or overwhelmed? Oh, work out, walk away. Definitely. I think I, I will see a difference in my mentality. It's just a busy week, things you can control, you can't control, right? We try to control the controllables, but stuff outside that affects us. I think if I don't, even if it doesn't have to be a grueling workout like Brad does twice a day, but if it's just a bike ride, something to refresh the brain, which I've always thought was interesting. One of my um, teachers in graduate school talks about how if you're tired, you need to go work out and they'll give you more energy. It, it definitely helps clear my brain, clear my mind. And that will, that will help me refocus and become more productive. Two answers here. First off, I will say working out at like 530 drastically changes the rest of my day. If I don't have some sort of just activity in the morning, I'm a waste until probably like 10 o'clock. I just don't wake up well if I don't go to the gym or go for a walk, run, whatever it might be. Second, overwhelmed or unfocused. Um, Brian Fanzo said this on one of his podcasts before, Matt. And, and if you're new to the show, um, Matt and I both subscribe to Fanzo pretty, pretty well. Uh, he had said some days you just need to accept that you're only performing at 50%. And you need to be okay with 50% to have more days at hundred percent. And when I heard that, it really spoke to me in a way of, listen, you're not going to bat a thousand every single day. 
the best hitter, Matt, best hitter in the league right now. I don't know who it is, but what's he at? 380 maybe? Oh, that's probably high. Like they say, if you're one for three in baseball, you're a Hall of Famer. Right. So can you have one out of three good days a week? What's that? If it ended up being like two and a half out of seven, something like that. I don't, I don't know. Like, I hope you have more, more good yeah. days than that, but let's be honest. You're not going to have, you're not going to bat a thousand. And in that whole mentality of just listen, if I'm not feeling it and I need to take a half hour and just get away, like Matt saying, go for a walk, get away. That's, that's what I need to do as well. That's a good one. What have you become better at saying no to and what approaches have worked well for you? That's, that's a tough question. Cause I'm the ultimate people pleaser at times. Um, I think saying, I mean, this is going to be more work than anything. I think saying no to at Haley marketing, we're very good at repeatable processes and bringing world-class marketing to the industry at low cost at effect, at, not at low cost, but affordable costs. And I think we create products and our leadership has done a great job of explaining and why we need to stay within those products and not make exceptions to those products because it fails our company mission. It fails our company values. You know, it's, it's a rule of threes where it's not good for every one of our, you know, it's not good for our clients, our team members or Haley marketing. So I think saying no to exceptions to projects and being okay to say no. And here's why that's the first thing that came to mind for me. It's a good answer for me. I think it's understanding how to say no to email and how to say no just to communication throughout the day. I've learned in my short time on this planet that people are going to ask you questions or need you throughout the day. And, and it's whether it's a text message, an email, a phone call, especially now, Matt, with us being fully remote, I mean, things you get, you get pinged all day. Right. And then on top of that, your mom's calling in your you know wife, whatever it might be, you're just, you're getting notified from everything. Every single app has a notification. So your phone is constantly dinging. Being able to say no and just say, listen, I need to focus on this for two hours. I'll check my email later. I've gotten very good at email. Um, and I think that that has drastically improved my mentality as well. And just understanding, listen, I will get back to you in within 24 hours, within probably less, but I'm going to do it on my time. And I'm going to check my email in the morning. I usually check it, Matt, just as like a process thing here. I know you're a pretty process-driven guy. I usually check my email first thing in the morning, uh, usually before I even go to the gym. So we're talking like five and then I usually check it right at the end of the day before I'm ready to shut down for the day in case there's anything urgent, right? Other than that, it's you're just working. You're, you're going through some tasks and you're going through some other deliverables. Matt, let me see if there's one more here for you. Um, again, we're going through Tim Ferriss's Tribe of Mentors questions. Matt, I'm going to ask you one more here, buddy. What is one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made? This is going back to the first question of what's under $100. I want to say the pair of boots that keeps me warm in the winter. That's a worthwhile investment. Yeah. You live in Buffalo. You don't have a good pair of boots. You're in trouble. Especially, I think that's a good answer. I don't think that's materialistic either. That's a good answer. Especially when your kid's seven and you have an ice rink in your yard and you're spending a lot of time outside. A pair of yeah. boots and a pair of gloves are vital because once you get cold, you can't stop being cold. doesn't stop. It's a good answer. Um, worthwhile investments that I have made. Um, I mean, you said boots. I was going to say like college or yeah. the relationship I have with my wife. Right. Um, boots. If we're going to say the material side of things, I think, I think boots is a great answer. Nobody um, came to hear us be, be sappy. No, 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 no. 
uh, worthwhile investments. I, I'm still going to say college though. Had a couple great internships. And without those sure. internships, I wouldn't be where I am today. I mean, I think the the college degree is going the way of the dodo bird. But when you think about the experiences and you think about internships, drastically, drastically improved who I am and, and gave me an opportunity to be at Haley and, and meet some incredible people. So uh, super appreciative of, of, you know, the college at Brockport. Matt, appreciate you going through some questions here with me for uh, Tribe of Mentors from Tim Ferriss. Again, kind of just threw those at Matt. We thought it'd be a fun little segment for you. If you have some answers to those questions, we'd love to know what you're thinking as well. You can reach out to us on LinkedIn, share your thoughts. If you're a fan of Tim Ferriss, uh, if you read the book, you, you checked him out. Love to chat about that as well because uh, I am a big fan myself. Would love to know your thoughts on what uh, he lists as his top questions in Tribe of Mentors. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You could check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar. This is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.